Hello, Internet. It's Tori. You're listening to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. For updates on when episodes go live, follow us on Twitter and Facebook. To join the discussion, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash CosmereCast, where you'll find an invitation to our Discord server. Thank you for listening, and please enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. I'm your host, Mike. Joining me this week are Craig. Hi, Internet. Dave. Wow. Hey. Are you going to be me? <laughs> and maybe Tori later. We'll see. Uh, we start every week with good things. So, Craig, good. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be quick. Um, I think my good thing this week is a series that I've been watching on the TVs, um, which turned out surprisingly good. Uh, it's called Ghosts. I think I, I think I recommended it before. Um but this is the U.S. version. So there, there's a U.K. The original is, is uh, in the U.K. The premise is there's a house full of ghosts um, from this is in. So the U.K. So lots of different ghosts from all throughout history. Um, I don't know. Pr- they, they could be pretty old. But the idea is that they all died uh, under some circumstance in this house. It's a giant mansion um, and they interact with each other. But there is one person who is alive who can now see because of like a near death spirit. Um, that's, that's the first episode. Yeah. That you find that out and then antics ensue. So um, anyway, it's fun. The U S version has the same sort of premise behind it, but uh, I really like what they did with it. Um, it's pretty enjoyable. I think it's on CBS. Uh, the wife yeah. enjoys the U S version. I don't think either of us were aware of a UK version anyway. Um, yeah. It, the timing on the show I don't really get. So it's a it's a husband and wife that like buy this place to run it as a bed and breakfast, right? Yeah. The wife can see and hear the ghosts. The yep. husband cannot. Correct. The husband stops talking so that ghosts that he doesn't know are there and can't hear will talk in response <laughs> to things his wife says. I think they do a decent job about letting him like pause and hesitate he doesn't fully know that ghosts are necessarily there but i think he just assumes at this point that there's always a ghost there and has something to say i think he just sort of got used to it and the the husband is played by um keys's friend from free guy yeah and but, but he's very different than his free guy person i mean yeah dave you you into this never heard of it. well now you have it's called ghosts it's on tv uh, I wasn't listening. I still never heard of it's it. It's on the TV too. All right, uh, Dave. I think it's your turn for a good thing. Uh, okay. Um, my good thing is uh, let's try this video game. It's called La Mulana, but this time I'm talking about the classic MSX spoof version of La Mulana. Um, I can't recommend it. Don't play it. But it's 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 good. I'm enjoying it. But you won't, so don't play it. <laughs> play the remake if you're going to play La Mulana. A ringing endorsement from Dave for La Mulana Classic. Yep. I can't recommend it enough or at all. Just uh, don't play it. I mean, if you find someone streaming it, watch them play it. Don't play it. Play the remake, though. Play the remake. And right. definitely play La Mulana, too. But, you know. Play and stream the remake. Classic, no. <laughs> and play and stream it. the remake so you get the full experience of people yep. spoiling every right. puzzle for you uh, alright after so, it finishes Undertale uh, so my good thing this week is the bakery department at Costco um, they make really good stuff you guys pizza? no 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 that's the food court I'm talking about the bakery 
we have gotten from there. Um, the wife got a pumpkin pie that is like it's it's like two feet across, and apparently it was delicious. But... I didn't have any. Um, we also got a tuxedo mousse chocolate cake that was just incredible, and it had to be dessert for both of us every single night so that it wouldn't go bad because it was enormous. That's like that sandwich from The Simpsons. <laughs> uh, and then most recently, we got a tres leches cake, which is three milks, and it's so freaking good, you guys. Tray. Wait, what, what is that? Tres leches? Three milk cake? Yeah. Uh, it's like... So like a dolce de leche. But... That is one of the milks, yes. But tre... tre? Yeah. Tre You've never heard of a tres leche cake? <laughs> no. Tre well, means three and leche means milk. Yeah, three milk cake. Uh, anyway, okay. this is that holy crap delicious, and and yeah, is real I, good. I really do think Costco's like the best of the the big warehouse type stores, but unfortunately, Costco's a little far from where we live, so we have a BJ's membership instead. Um, their their bakery department is nothing to write home. With, but I've heard nothing but good things about Costco's. Yeah, I neither have I. Um, Costco bakery tres leches pizza. cake, not pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Donut pizza. Um, Mike, before we end good things, I do have to say one more thing. Once you're done, you're, you're a good thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm there. I'm done. I, I just had a, a thought. So this is like a bonus good thing. I just have to say it. Guys, Vampire Survivors is so good. I spent three bucks on this game, and I have 30 hours into it. It is That's the best $3. Dollar $3 10 hours. A dime this, per hour. This is the best $3 I've ever spent on and they're adding so much to it. Guys, if you have not played Vampire Survivors, just go play. It's three bucks. Okay. Uh, I know Mike see. plays it. I, I yeah. know Mike's into it, too. I've got 32.4 hours. I don't nice. think that it has beaten RimWorld yet in amount of money spent versus time played. But How many hours not... do you have in RimWorld? Uh, let's look real quick, because it's a lot. 1,968.5. Nice. We, we we need to to have a as a good thing. We should talk about like how many hours on our most played game is. Sometimes that would be fun. But I have thirty four hours in Vampire Survivors. Best money ever spent. I did just recently get all the achie current achievements, and I just found out by looking at the wiki there's like four or five special characters in unlock. Yeah, I'm, I didn't know. I'm pretty sure my top three games are RimWorld and Terraria and Stardew, but not necessarily in that order. Wow, I have more hours in Terraria than Civ 4. Civ 4 is another good game that I sunk a lot of time into. But I have 650 hours in Terraria. But that's I not... We're done with good thing is, now. Baba is you. We're Hollow Knight. Hollow Knight's got to be up there. How do I sort by time played? I have 500 hours. Well, sorry, 493 in Civ 4. 650 Terraria, I think, is probably the most played. I have 170 in Kerbal Space. That doesn't seem like anywhere near enough in Kerbal Space. 150 in Euro Truck Sim 2. I have 85 hours in American Simulator. Yeah, that's... You just have to consider Kerbal Space to be Space Truck Simulator. And then it just fits in with all those. And then, yeah, Terraria is my most played game. Shoutouts to Terraria, wow. another good thing. Shoutouts to Dig Truck Simulator. Wait, Baba is used, not even in my top five. Slay the Spire in Hollow Knight, that makes sense. Tabletop Simulator, I don't know if that counts. Uh, Phasmophobia sure is number four, I'm pretty surprised at that, actually. I guess we did used to play it a lot. 
Oh yeah, I have two hour, two hundred hours in Faz. La Mulana remake is number five, and then Super Hexagon somehow. <laughs> but you also have a bunch of games like that like Steam wouldn't track, like Hanab, Super Metroid, <laughs> Zelda, yeah, Super Metroid Hanab. Um, I'm not surprised to see Slay the Spire number one in Hollow. Like Slay the Spire Hollow Knight. That makes a ton of sense. All right, what's uh, what's going on with chapters this? Oh boy, do we have some chapters for you this week. Oh man, there's just so many chapters this week. Dude, you wouldn't believe all the chapters this week. Craig, tell them about the chapters this week. Dude, there are so many chapters, guys. How many <laughs> chapters were they? And what were, were they numbered? They were numbered 60 through 64. At least that's what Mike told me before the recording. All right. That Sounds that good. actually isn't what I told you because I told you bad information that was wrong. Oh, you told me 61 to 64. So I will give you the good information of 60. Chapter 60, Wines and Oath. Wines. Watchers? Yeah, Wines. That's how you say that word. Look it up. W-I-N-D-S. It's <laughs> it's the singular form of the verb wind. To, I mean, yes. To wiggle but, around. But it's, I'm, I'm it's, what sure you do with, it's what you do with your wrist time, Fabriel. You know? You have you have to wind it. Yeah, up. down or wind <laughs> his alarm clock. Yep, that's what he does. It's like it makes noise now. What? <laughs> yeah, his eternity alarm went off. <laughs> eternity alarm, dude. <laughs> All right, fellow truth watchers. Oh, this is the SD card that Renarin found. Yep, it's in the it's in the smokestick stack stick drawer. And uh, all right, let's not talk about it. On to the chapter. Call back to that scene where Shallan draws a squid. Cute Sulfrena thinks Dreamy Kaladin thinks Shallan is cute. More lashing math. We're there, we're here. The dark cloud that usually hangs over Kaladin is hanging over Kolinar instead. <laughs> oh, Let's dang. sneak in. There it is. There's, this is the mission. This is what we've been waiting for, the mission to Kolinar. And they have those scuba helmets that Shallan wore to, to draw a squid. And... Sulfrena thinks Dreamy Kaladin is checking out Shallan. And then they keep talking about lashing math for some reason, even though I'm pretty sure we figured that all out. I don't know. Uh, maybe it'll be important. Who knows? And then we're there. We're here. Mike, what movie is that from? What? We're there. <laughs> where? Here. What? <laughs> yeah, what's no on second? It's from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. After the boat ride. Oh. All right. Mmm, Dark Cloud, and let's sneak in. We're sneaking, sneaking. Chapter 60, everybody. Any questions? So, I had something to say about this. Um, Is it a question? Can you phrase it like a question? So, How about trying like this? Something we've been doing is that I actually have been um, doing my own little bullet point sort of thing uh, for the spoiler section. We just started at the last episode I was in. Cool. Anyway... One of my I can't wait points, to listen to it in five years. I can actually pull up now because it doesn't spoil anything. Um, but I wanted to point out the the terminology that they use while they're flying to to Colnar here. Um, it's it says he soared there now. I mean that's just what I highlighted. But it's funny that they consider like flying that they're soaring through the air because if you think oh, about it, a sword, sword, not sword, sounds different. Anyway. All right, let's wind down this. <laughs> they are let's just falling. down this chapter. <laughs> they're falling, yeah. They're just they're fa falling. They're falling sideways. to the west. Yeah, they're, they're falling, falling to the, to yeah, the exactly. direction of Kolinar. And it's funny because, like, your brain, like, so, so the way my brain thinks about, like, standing right side up, 
if I'm like falling in a certain direction, I feel like I would feel like I'm just dropping. And by the way, guys, the worst amusement park ride I have ever ridden for me, as in it terrified the heck out of me, was Tower of Terror in in what was called MGM Studios uh, in Disney World. But it's now like Disney Studios, I think. I don't know. Whatever. The Disney ride, Tower of Terror, the one that just drops you. It's Twilight Zone themed. Uh, I screamed like high pitched, could not stop while it was happening. I hated it. <laughs> it's so bad. Guys, I was traumatized by that. I couldn't even ride. Like, OK, I have a I, I do have a fear of, of falling, um, which makes sense. I was OK. Years of humans. I was okay riding on planes. Like I, I got, I built up to the point where I was okay to fly in them. But after I rode that, I had to fly home actually because in Florida and I live in Pennsylvania. So when I flew home, I, I could not take it. Like because I felt the sensation of falling, it like traumatized me so much that I didn't even want to be on a plane because I felt like every time the plane like dipped a little bit, I could feel it now. Um, which sucks. You always can. <laughs> Yeah, but, but yeah. it affected me more after right. riding that ride. The point is, I hate falling. Kind of like a, like a mini flashback. I would not be able to do any Windrunner thing. I cannot be a Windrunner. Like, I would. they move by falling everywhere. Well, like, Craig's not playing Ender's game. Well, right. Well, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's the I, same was, thing, except there's no gravity. <laughs> Well, in that case, it's like, how do you want to orient yourself? Anyway, it, bringing it back to the... They, they call it flying and soaring. Like, that's just the terminology that the Windrunners have been using. But if you really think about it, they're just turned 90 degrees. Well, technically, they're they're perpendicular to the ground. So they're... um Sorry, parallel to the ground, not perpendicular. Those are two different things. They are parallel to the ground, and they're just constantly falling. Well, okay, it's, it's just like how... We do things with airplanes, but instead of pushing, it's pulling. I mean, it's fine. You're being pulled anyway, they, instead of pushed. They are constantly falling. That's it's actually it. an in- interesting, now, now that I'm thinking about it, is if they're going around a planet, then like the direction of their velocity would have to constantly change to be, you know, tan- to tweak it over to time. be tangent to their, to their, their orbit, right? Yeah. And also... Their height would be determined by their speed, right? Well, no, because that's, that's they how aren't orbital mechanics work, Mister Kreble. They aren't it's actually Kerbal. using orbital mechanics here. They're just affecting which way gravity pulls them and how hard. Right, but they could, if they were going fast enough in a certain direction, technically it becomes orbital mechanics eventually. But it's, but but they're not actually using like orbital mechanics to do this. They're using magic gravity go that way. Um, you know what? It's actually interesting. The closer, like, the the farther along their path they go. I mean, Kaladin keeps having to renew their lashing, so he'll adjust for the, the vector when he does that. But, you know, if you didn't do that, then if you're going to, like, on a line that's tangent to Roshar, you would actually, you would actually slow down. Like, the you gravity would have more of a force on your y-axis, as you keep moving, so in effect, you would actually kind of like slow down. No, no, no. So like you get to a certain point. Like if you if you went around the planet a full like ninety degrees, then your lashing would be pointing straight up. While they're actually kind while of they're lashed, the normal gravity isn't affecting them at all. Yeah, I was gonna say when they're lashed, Roshar doesn't. There's a hundred. If there's a full lashing, yeah, yeah. 
yeah, partial lashing. There's Matt. Oh. We'll just assume full lashing. Um, to make right, it which easier. Which is why a quarter lashing puts you in equilibrium because no, that it just quarter makes you half weight, oh, half right. lashing, half is lashing equilibrium is, is equilibrium. Right, because you're half up, half down. Uh, okay, so oh, so they're not affected by gravity at all. But I assume no, they're, they're still affected by wind resistance. Right, wind, and, and, and wind I think they still have a terminal velocity as they're falling. They have to move through the wind. They are affected by wind resistance, except until Kaladin can figure out how to do the thing that he talks about in these chapters. So, if, they go... if they're not affected... Okay, so if they're not affected by gravity at all, then they're always like going higher as they're flying. Which is why Kaladin has to readjust them. Bring their height down? Correct. With, yeah. with infinite storm light... Well, just lashing left, say, uh, you would eventually hit space, but they yeah, don't have so infinite It, it goes back to what we were talking about before. You're actually you're actually moving upwards because your original, wherever you're lashed, was parallel to the ground. So therefore, this needs to do enough math to figure out. Well, I mean, you. I mean, if you're going if you're going in a circular pattern around a planet, then you always have to like you always have to change your vector. Like, the interesting it, thing is that Kaladin just... Every, every moment you, your vector has to change if you want to stay in a true circle, but... I, I think Kaladin just does this sort of innately as well, like, especially when he's just flying on his own. Um, again, see, I'm using the terminology of flying and soaring just because it's easier to think about, but in reality, you're just falling, which also brings a second comment. Um, so do, do you think the team... Do you think they're fall? Do you think they look like they're Superman style? So in which case, from their perspective, they're falling head first, or do you think they're uh, going feet first from their perspective? In which case, it would look like they're lazily moving across the sky. I think uh, they would go head, head first. first. For I sure, would say head, head first. Because like the the only thing that would give they're like they're, I guess you're saying they're technically falling, but really they're just moving sideways. So like the only thing that would make them feel like they're falling would be their perspective. Mm, yeah and kaladin top er, talks in i think this chapter about like sculpting the wind like moving his arms and his hands in specific ways to help guide him and steer him without having to affect lashings well that, that to, me, to me i was interpreting that like skydivers like the way they can move their bodies so that way they can speed up a little bit or slow down yeah that's how i was interpreting that yeah okay <laughs> so it's just yes that's exactly what they're doing I guess I guess you do bring up a good point. I think my earlier question was more: Do you think their center of balance changes based on the the lashing, or because they can see the earth and you know the sky and their relation to it? Even though they're falling a certain direction, their center of balance still has Roshar where it is. And I mean, therefore, at the end of the day, you have a number of forces uh, affecting your body, like a number of forces acting upon your body, and at the end of the day, it's one vector pointing in one direction. So, like, whatever. If you if you walk, you have your forward momentum and gravity pushing you down and normal force of the ground pushing you up. But all that stuff adds up to you moving forward. Yeah, maybe. But if your center of balance is based on where it feels gravity from, can't... No, I mean, you just... You have... Uh, all the forces adding yeah. or acting on you add up to a single vector, and then you you your brain decides if that's quote falling or flying. Like mm, okay, we can I move guess, on. I guess if you're walking forward, then friction is pushing you forward would be the force. 
just uh just to nitpick my own statement and say that uh, momentum is not a force hello um, and welcome to the dave talks force about is the rate of change podcast. of momentum <laughs> all right i'm uh, ready anything for... else for chapter 61 i'm ready for 61 all right chapter 61 nightmare made manifest disguises let us in air raid why doesn't dreamy kaladin like gaz why are there mistborn <laughs> jesters in colinar Adolin's safe house. <laughs> Lol, it's his tailor. <laughs> <laughs> I like that's that. Pretty, that's pretty funny. Yeah. I mean, who else would it have been? His, I don't know. His personal trainer. Uh, he is his personal trainer. Yeah. It's just, it's his house. Surprise. Yeah. Nah, this makes sense. Maybe his maybe his barber. His uh his his cologne alchemist. All right. So what happened in the chapter? So they all dress up like refugees. And some of the void bringers are attacking the city walls, but it's just kind of like a test strike. Wait, wait, and... wait, wait, wait! I like the disguise though because Shalon gives Adolin this good-looking older man, so he's he's still <laughs> the kind so of man to make women dreamy. think they like older men. <laughs> Adolin is dreamy in this case. Yeah, well, she kind of has a point where Kaladin is just so memorable that she needs to make him memorable for different reasons. There I are, think she's a little bit mean about it, though. There are oh, lots yeah. of ways she to do mean. that. Um, yeah, you guys haven't read Take his um, nose off. Going Postal by Terry Pratchett, but that talks a lot about that, of like ways to give people something memorable that that they can remember that you can then get rid of. So, mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. fake glasses. A big fake nose, a mustache, a mole, things like that. Shalon chose all of the above. <laughs> let's say let's get the whole package for Kaladin. Yeah, they actually don't want to let their group in because he looks diseased. I think for the most part but they her... sneak in during the air raid, so it worked out. Her disguises are pretty good, like Elokar being a, a highborn uh, lady. Like that makes sense. Like it's it's the way he carries himself, but. People would know if it was some sort of high prince or something like they should know who he is, but maybe they won't necessarily recognize a high lady. But the way he carries himself would make sense. And Adolin high does have a way. Adolin does have a way of, of carrying himself. So, yeah, he should be a good looking guy because he has that natural charisma. So really, they just like all turn into what they really are on the inside. <laughs> yes, that is the lesson. Oh, Kaladin and um, Sylphrena have a very fun conversation where he tries to talk her into turning into a shard mirror for him. <laughs> right. Uh, it's not dignified. Oh, yeah, and they disguise Sylphrena as a windsprint. Uh, yep. So, yeah, they sneak in during the air raid, I think. I forget. And Dreamy Kaladin's like, oh, I'm glad she didn't bring Gaz. And I'm like, why doesn't he like Gaz? Gaz, Gaz has yeah. it rough, you know? Yeah, why? Maybe, why doesn't we should why take doesn't a look Kaladin? at Wave Kings and see why Kaladin doesn't like Gaz? Just because like Gaz was really mean to him and tried to get him to, you know, like throw himself off a cliff, but didn't. Uh, I, I I get it now. And accepted a bribe of twenty percent of Kaladin's take home pay. Oh uh, yeah, where's that money now, Gaz? Uh, okay. So while they're walking through the streets of Kolinar, there are all these people wearing different colored mist cloaks. And they're dancing around, and they're like, it's basically Spren cosplay. Um, and, you know, that's that's all we hear about it for now. And then they find a tailor's house. It was here this whole time. Chapter 62, Research. 
Yoke Sky the Taylor. And I gotta say, not enough consonants for a Thalen name. Or is it because she's a Thalen woman? I think Yoke Sky's a Thalen, right? Yeah, he's a Thalen Taylor. Yeah. Yeah, they need to get rid of that O. Should just be Yuxka. Like three more K's and no O. Too many vowels. Four out of ten. Good Taylor, but too many vowels. Yeah, and her I don't know if it's her husband or companion is uh seems to be like an old horn eater dude. Like he has horn eater shaped hair, but it's white. I mean Fen has a lot of vowels in her name, so that it could be consonants and vowels, right? Fen is like two thirds consonant. It's just still not a lot. Oh yeah, because she's her her last Fen name is must like be short. Renumdi, apparently, according to the to Wiki. Oh, Fenrir. Numdi. Alright, Yokska the Taylor. Queen Asudan had some ardent hanged. Why does that sound familiar? I think that was like an interlude, like right before that happened. It was from book two. Yeah. It was fun. Where, what, so you want to recap me on what happened there? Um, a new ardent gets assigned to the palace, finds out that all the ardents there are corrupt and um, gluttonous, and she's like not having any of it. So she writes the big old Ketek poem thing in the courtyard of like pointing out all the all the gluttony and the flaws and the everything bad and blaming this the is, queen for it. Yeah, it's starting to sound a little French revolutiony. I mean, Not could like be. Martin Luthery. But we all know that Space France is um, Scadrial, so that can't possibly be here. <laughs> I mean, Martin Luther more had like problems with theology and how the catholic church was selling indulgences but we don't need to get into all those no details. no it, it makes <laughs> yes and that is but correct but i was just thinking like he had a list of grievances and he posted it well he had a list of things that he wanted to sit down and have a serious discussion about and then you know the catholic church was like uh let's kill him mm. well i mean it's it started this whole thing you know called the reformation but you know <laughs> Actually, the, uh, the the Pope didn't think he would, like wasn't threatened at first. He's like, oh, it's just the you know Martin Luther was German, of course. So the Pope just said, oh, it's just the ramblings of a drunken German monk or something like that. But anyway, yeah. let's so, so get into. You want to do the Protestant revolution, the Protestant Reformation deep dive podcast? So the guys? Queen didn't like. You guys heard of William Tyndale? All right. <laughs> the Queen didn't like what the Arden had to say, and death. That sounds like right. a nursery rhyme, Craig. Yes. It sounds like um, Alice's Adventures in Wonderland. Also, only Ooh, she hangs. I, I thought of you today. Uh, I was at this place called the Aww. Book Barn. Um, it, it has like all these like old and used books in a barn. Like it's a giant barn that has been converted into a bookstore. It's in Westchester. Um, I saw a an older copy of Alice and Through the Looking Glass. Like it was just there, oh, and I'm cool. like, Abe would like this. Yeah, I recently bought the annotated version and. I think it's like the third edition of the annotated version. And I also have like an older mini hardbound copy. Actually, I just bought uh, Sylvia and Bruno, the uh, a- another series by CS by Lewis Carroll. So excited to check that out, though. It's not as highly esteemed as the Alice series. Hey, so uh, all right. you guys have both so told me is, you have a time limit. Loop. So, yeah, let's move on. Uh, I know. Wait. Oh, what is it? Okay. So we talked about that. That sounds familiar. Jalan scissors herself in the leg. There had to be some easier way to find pain sprint. Why do you need to find pain sprint anyway? I know a professional drawer, and he totally agrees with this sketchpad thing. Hold up, More hold different... up. 
you mispronounced it. It's it's pronounced drawer. It's where you keep stuff. Well, this guy r- draws stuff. <laughs> I just More... got that. I, you know, I thought about pronouncing it drawer, but then I thought, you know what? I don't you know want what? to confuse let, anybody. Let for Mike one. make that joke. <laughs> All right. More different unmade. Shalon wants to summon embarrassment Spren, but accidentally gets autocorrected to summoning shame Spren. Axes the Collector has his work cut out for him. The Cult of Moments. Letter to the Queen. Dreamy Kaladin will help Shalon's infiltration mission. The veil has been lifted. Shalon looks at her Lynn fan art before becoming Veil and jumping out a window. <laughs> so all the Spren are like weird and different. Uh, we get all this like all this story about how the queen executed this Arden that didn't like the way she was doing things, and they kind of used the dark Spren as blaming on it, but that kind of happened before that thing showed up, and there was no Everstorm, so she really doesn't have an excuse. And Shalon's investigating all the new types of Spren, so she stabs herself and pulls her safe hand out and her skirt up and... There are more than two types of Spren, Shalon. You probably could have just gone to the fireplace or something. Like, okay, hold on, hold on. <laughs> or is it only is it only emotion Spren that are affected? Well, I mean, you do bring up a good point. She sort of looked at a fireplace, friend. But let's let's think about it of of Spren that you so emotions, I should say, that you can easily just cause yourself to have like pain Spren and and shame Spren. Like those are things you can do very quickly and easily to make those emotions and therefore the sprint manifest them. Creation sprint very regularly attacked them, attached themselves to Shalon. She could have just that drawn a picture. She should have done Look, that. She could have just drawn a picture of Dreamy Kaladin and then she would have gotten the creation sprint and the shame sprint all By together way, at once. I love how every bullet point has Dreamy Kaladin in it. I, I do appreciate his name. What, what else would I write? It's like, I don't, I don't, I don't shorten Numihuku Makiaki Ayalunamore's name. I don't shorten Sylphrena's name. Why would I shorten Dreamy Kaladin's name? That's true. I refuse to believe that Shallan couldn't just conjure up a memory of something embarrassing enough to to like prompt a spren. Like that's could have just, just shown that's her just, Sonic fan art. All right, like that's all it would have taken. That's just me trying to go to sleep. Is all that takes. Oh yeah, aren't there exhaustion spren too? Like she didn't try to make herself Maybe. tired. Maybe she wanted her safe hand to, to slip out, you know? Does she just need an excuse? Uh, let's go Sorry, on. this is not safe for Vorin, this pro- podcast. I apologize. So the Cult of Moments is like those guys wearing the Spren costumes. Oh, yeah, so Axie's the Collector. Like, all the Spren, they're different Spren now. So Axie's the Collector has to, like, redo all of his research. So it sucks to be him. And so Elicar is going to write a Wait. letter to the queen, and Vale Shalon is going to deliver it, oh, uh, pretendingly it from Shattered Plains. It does not suck for Axis to collect her, because he wants more Spren to collect. He's got he's um, got time. He's got so much time. More uh, Spren, more fun. Spore Spawn. Right. <laughs> Who uh, sees Spore Spawn? No one ever sees him. So Dreamy Kaladin, Vale. So uh, yeah, Shalon... Shalon reveals that she is Vale. She reveals to Vatha and who's the other guy? Red. And also their spy trainer that was already kind of suspicious. And then she brings along some Lin fan art and turns into Vale and jumps out a window. 
And she's like, tell Kaladin, I'm sorry, tell Dreamy Kaladin to meet me at the office in an hour. And that's the end of chapter 62. And she falls backwards out the window, giving the double deuces the whole way down. Looks like she's going to have to jump. Can't believe I didn't write that. <laughs> <laughs> I could just picture her and say, looks like I'm going to have to jump. <laughs> and then, like, she uses the veil stunt double to jump out the window. <laughs> it's like Shalons at the window, like, looks like I'm going to have to jump. And then you, you change scenes to veil falling out the window. And it doesn't look anything like her. And then she lands in the pool and then gets up as Shalon. <laughs> or they they toss a dummy out the window wearing wearing Vale's hat and coat and it just it just lands. It just like we get the full shot of it just like entirely fall and land. And then we cut back to Shalon. Yeah. And she actually doesn't turn into Vale until like she's away from the party or something. But she does she does pull out all of Vale's clothes and be like Hey guys, I'm gonna go become Vale. See you later. Sixty-three, chapter sixty-three. Within the mirror, I want to explore undersea caverns. That's my note. I like that's the coolest thing to me is exploring undersea caverns. I should probably play that game. Uh, vale looks around the city, then meets Dreamy Kaladin at the palace. Vale has a letter for oh stabbed. Shalon dies just like Yasna did. Then gets thrown onto a pile of corpses. Then gives Just up like and goes Yasna home. <laughs> Just like Yasna died. And there was some weird Harry Potter mirror thing. And then Dreamy Kaladin smiles. The the mirror of Erised. Something like that. It's got it's like a it's basically a mirror with Voldemort inside, right? No, wait. Voldemort was on the back of Professor Quarrel's head. The uh, the philosopher's stone was inside the mirror. But you could only get it out if you didn't want to use it. So why don't you tell us what really happened in this chapter? I told you. Within the mirror. Vale Voldemort had a, mirror, had a mirror in him. I got it. I'm following. Yeah. All right. So Vale is delivering this letter. And then she gets stabbed. And then she gets thrown onto a pile of corpses. But she stays alive because Stormlight. And then she's like, uh, that nice, nice try. And she goes, and... She's like, oh, yes. She goes and she's talking to Dreamy Kaladin. And she's like, yeah, so I went in there and I got stabbed and like I died. But, you know, I hope there was a point to all of this. And then Kaladin, she's like, uh-oh, Kaladin better smile or I'm going to be sad. <laughs> Which, good luck, girl. And then Kaladin <laughs> is like, well, at least we took a stab at it. And he smiles. Kaladin can be a little bit witty, though. He... He he it, he's he clever. Like yeah. as a general character trait, he's definitely clever, but he doesn't always he very seldom turns that cleverness into wordplay. And he does smile with his with Bridge 4. Like he, when he when he they're just sitting around having a meal, like he can relax a li- just a little bit sometimes. It depends on what's happening. He can let loose a little bit. But yeah, like but this whole thing like soldiers don't even give her a chance, they just like stab her immediately when she's like, I need to talk to the, the queen that delivers the letter. And they're like, stab. Please, letter here. And then they stab her. They, they're trying to open the letter with like a little letter opener and they accidentally miss. They rolled a nat one and accidentally. Uh, <laughs> it's bleeding. My to death. spear slipped and killed the messenger. <laughs> and all the other people who have visited the palace. Whoopsie Man. doodle. 
<laughs> They're so I'm, clumsy. I'm gonna get so much yelled at later about this. <laughs> Nightblood were like a letter opener. And you're like, time to check my mail. And you unsheath the letter opener and you're, and you're like, Bruh! yeah, what? you guys, you guys needed to have seen Dave's camera for that one. <laughs> Sorry. He acted it out. It was good. How did they do that, Mike? Uh, they would do that by joining our Patreon. Uh, Craig, where do you do that? You go to our Patreon at patreon.com slash and where would where would one find the link to that to make it easier for everybody? Would that be in the show notes? I feel like that would be in the show notes. Wait, is I didn't even know we had a show notes page on each episode. Yeah, each nice. each episode has a has show notes, like every podcast does. You know, you know podcasts, Craig. You're familiar with podcasts. I'm in one of those. So what about chapter sixty four? Sixty last. Chapter 64, Trapper Keeper of Gods. Dalinar looks at a sword and thinks <laughs> Stormfather. I just got that. <laughs> we used to call the Trapper Keepers. <laughs> well, Trapper Keeper was uh, a specific brand. Yeah, that's good. I like that. Um, I, like, I like that chapter. <laughs> Trapper Keeper. Why did those go away? Those would be so handy in like yeah. my day-to-day adult life. Just I mean, buy they one. still exist. Actually, let's see. Yeah, you can still buy them. It Let's is a brand. The internet. Look, I can go yeah. shopping. Check it out, dude. Keepers. I actually had this literal one with the with the cubes on it. It's they look f- they look different to me now. Oh yeah. No, they always look like this. They had a. Little... They always look like they always look like a product of the '90s. What are you talking about? <laughs> okay, the ones I was thinking of were like had like mesh and zipped up. Is that not Trapper Keeper? No. Is that a different? No, thing? they were always like they had like a Velcro like snap yeah. like cover. Yeah, I don't know what brand you're talking about. Dude, what's more 90s than Velcro? Hello? (laughs) Yep. Uh, Velcro is not a sponsor of the Cosmere Deep Dive podcast. But if they want to be, we'll talk all about (laughs) Velcro and the 90s. I mean, I actually can talk at some length about Velcro. It's a very cool invention. All right. Oh, dude, we could save that for, we could save that for, um, for like, uh you know the bonus content talk we could be like all right guys snaps versus snaps two the velcroing what's better well clearly velcro all right not sponsored not all spo- right let's, chapter let's down looks at a sword and thinks stormfather is yazariza ishar herald of luck and stuff founded the orders tezim the god priest of two cars ishi who is that and what is that and where is that i don't know any is of those Ishi names or places. Yeah, Ishar is Ishi, but yeah. who's Tezim? Who's a god? What's a god priest? And where's Tukar? Tukar um, is the one that's always at war with. Enlil. Oh, yeah, that's the one that's in that's like Puddle World. So they're in when, the, <laughs> when they're Dalinar Puddle World is area. from this planet, right? They're in the western end, so they're in the Asia's area. When Dalinar and Navani were reaching out to rulers, this was one of them that they got a hold of. And he basically sent them, like, curse them out and don't ever call me again. I'm blocking your number. Blah, blah, blah. That was that was him. Yeah, that was that guy. <laughs> prank caller, prank caller. Get out of Erythiru, you heathens. So, I'm so a god king. So let me simplify this for you, uh, Dave. Dave? What's friend? So there are two countries out in the western end of Roshar that are just constantly in at war. That are constantly at war uh, with each other. It's... And that is um, Tukar and Amul. 
and Ishar is the god priest uh, to waging war against a mule. I'm so confused again. Dang it! It's, just it's actually my bullet. It's actually my bullet points. All right. Once you healed the stone, I always knew you could do it. <laughs> yeah, Starfather's so supportive. I always knew you could do it, son. <laughs> oh, it's like a cartoon. That's... It's like. It's like, oh, Dreamy Kaladin, you'll never get out of bridge four. Dr- Dreamy Kaladin, you're just going to die on a bridge run. Oh, Dreamy Kaladin. And then all of a sudden, like, he's in Dalinar's guard. And they're like, oh, I always knew you could do it, Dreamy Kaladin. Well, this is more of the Stormfather explaining why he'll never be helpful ever. <laughs> right? Why didn't, why didn't you tell me that Tezum was Ishar? Uh, you didn't think of it. <laughs> If you asked, I would have told you. Thanks, Stormfather. He's like, he's like my dad, and he's like, like I asked my dad, uh, my dad, my, I'll be like, my dad has a DVR, and I'm like, oh, I'm not gonna be home in time to watch The Simpsons. And I'm like, Dad, could you tape The Simpsons for me? And he'll say, Sure, you got a tape. Aww. Aww. <laughs> and, and I'm and like, the nut I'm sorry, Dad. Can you, you record? To know about can Dave? you record The Simpsons for me? And he'll be like, sure, nope, time record. to get a new watch. <laughs> That's Tori's dad. Wait, Dave, are you and Tori related and we didn't know it? I mean, if you go far enough back, probably. It's all Cosmere, baby. <laughs> it's all Cosmere and together. Speaking all right. of coming together. So something about a mule. Uh, Once you healed the stone, I always knew you could do it. Delinar has the power of connection. The dots are really coming into focus now. Three bondsmiths. So there's a storm aunt and a storm uncle. <laughs> Numuhuku yes. Makiaki Aizar Blunamore. Dalinar would be the man to walk a thousand miles to fall down at Gox's Oath Gates. Next scene, lunch. Shard bows aren't a thing. I guess they're like handheld ballistae for people in shard plate. Yes. And for some reason, that's the last thing I wrote for this week's chapters. GG. They, they call them shard bows because you just use them. Well, you basically, well, you basically need to wear a shard plate to use it. It's like a, it's like a plus. It's like a, like a four strength rating composite longbow. Like you can't actually make use of a composite longbow unless you have the strength rating required. You got to have eighteen double odd strength, which means in Baldur's Gate, you got to keep re-rolling for a few hours. Dude, this hasn't been double out since, like, Gen 2. Second edition AD&D, <laughs> which is what Baldur's Gate is based on, yeah. Mm, true. So what really happened this chapter, Dave? Uh, Numihuku Makiaki eyes are blue no more. Apparently. Um, you know, Dalinar finds the sword that he found before. It's It's the Seth sword, and he's like... You dirty sword, you killed my brother. But then again, you are a piece of ancient history. Uh, so he tells Stormfather that people thought that he was Yazeriza, the Herald. But whatever, I don't I don't know. Pe- humans are weird. Uh, we also hear about... Uh, so Tezim, I'm sorry, Ishar, or Ishar Ishar Sholenelen, is one of the Heralds as well. And apparently was the one who founded the Knights Radiant. All of them, all of the orders, this one herald, and the windrunners are based on the powers of Yuzereza. So he wasn't a windrunner. He runner, also he also the made the oath pact. Yes, he also made the oath pact. Yep, and it was also one of the nine that broke the oath pact. But I mean, like Talon Elenel 
did a better job solo than when he he had nine people weighing him down. I don't think they broke the oath pack so much as they found the loophole because they're like, wait a minute, if we don't die, we don't go and get tortured. So did they really break it? They bent it. It's yeah, it's just slightly bent. Well, good thing is no bad side effects happen because of that choice. None at all. I mean, they went like 6,000 years without a desolation because 4, of that. 4,500. That's, that's still a world record. And that no honors record. were killed in the meantime. <laughs> Wait a minute. What happened? What about the recreants? Mike, you forgot the recreants. No, that was. No, it wasn't. Which one's the recreants? recreants oh, the yeah. one where the they killed all the spring. That's. Gave up their swords. Yeah. And honor died somewhere. In there, Actually, well, honor. You well, I oh, know you see no hat on. It's no hat on is an iron, right? He's a different person. Who? Who's iron? Who's honor? No hat on is an honor. No, who's no hat on? He's that's, the king of ways, right? Yeah, that's the king of the way of kings. It's Tanavas. his way. Tanavas is honor. Tanavas is a Lord of the Rings character. Sure. No, Isn't you're thinking he... you're thinking of Faramir. Radagast. I'm thinking of Radagast. All right. <laughs> no, no, no. That's Dinathor. Oh, Deanna Troy. As a question, can any of our listeners actually follow this train of thought? Radagast was from Lord of the Rings, or probably from Silmarillion, and they just wanted to throw him into the movie. I don't remember. Probably Silmarillion, but I don't even pretend to sort of know Lord of the Rings stuff outside of the movies. Tom Bombadil got cut out. So Tanavast is what Craig was talking about. Yeah, that guy. All right, so what else, so what else do we have who's here? Who's waging war against a mule? <laughs> Tukar. Ish- the the Ishar. nation of Tukar, led by Ishar, the herald. All right, I'm and pretty sure they've always Queen been at war with each other, though. It's not like it's a new thing. This is just a thing that happened. Anyway, Sorry, Dave. The point is, uh, Downer gives a sword to Bridge for, and Numihuku Makiaki, I uh, blues her more. He's like, yeah, you guys are dumb. Give me the sword. <laughs> and then... Dalinar has the meeting with Gox. He's going to go through the Oath Gate and visit Azir. And Navani packs him a lunch. And shard bows aren't a thing. They're not really shards. Their bows are meant to be used with shard plate, but they're not actually shards themselves. And they're like they're like the seventeenth shard, I think. No, that's because... already a thing. <laughs> no, wait a minute. Seventeenth <laughs> shard. Well, because all right, shard blades, shard plate, resadium, melatium. Uh, honor, preservation, ruin, odium, uh, skip a few, yada yada. Shard TikTok. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, TikTok, is, TikTok is the 12th shard. Stick. Don't forget the stick. Uh, yeah, dude, I said yada yada, stick a few, didn't I? <laughs> All right. So, is what happens in 64, guys? So I don't know Dalinar, anymore. Dalinar gets the honor blade, Yazirin's uh, honor blade. He gives it to Bridge Force so they can practice. Wait, did you say that name again? Yazarin? Yazrian. Is, that, is that a different way to say Yazariza? I guess that all the heralds have multiple names and shortened names, so I'll give it to you. It, I'll assume you're right. Yezrian or Yezrazielin. Yazariza. Yeah, that. Um, anyway, it's a um, as we go from Zeth. J and H are the same letter. It, it's the Windrunner blade, so you can have the Windrunner abilities, so they can practice But, but Yazariza wasn't a Windrunner. And. 
and none of Bridge Four wanted to touch it. Like he tried to give it to Taft, and he's like, "No." Nah. And then Rock's like, "You know, you're all, you know, uh, your soup is cold." He says, "Your your soup is cold." Your soup is cold, and he takes the honor plate so they can go practice. Um, Stormfather has a talk with Dalinar where he reveals one little thing, which is that he has the the power of connection. Um, and he tells him all the stuff that he already knew before because that's what Stormfather does. Cool. Um, and that he does mention he has two siblings, and Dalinar's like, uh, so 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 cultivation's one of them, and Stormfire's like, no, that's stupid. Um, that's paraphrased, by the way. Not by um, much. If he has the power of connection, do you think he could uh, use metal mines? Yes. Yes. Yeah. All right, Dave, yep. as we go through but... this, you're going to have a lot of questions of like, could Dalinar do this thing with connection? The answer is almost certainly going to be yes. But Dalinar doesn't know that. He can use gold mines and just be invincible. And he can probably, like, he could probably use, like, Stormlight to fuel the gold mines, even. Like, hello? So, so do you remember how in in Bands of Mourning, there was this whole big talk about, like, how the Bands of Mourning work and that sort of thing? It basically comes down to connection and identity. Well, that's how the, like, the little little steel mine rings work, right? So, they're, they're... They cleared out the okay. So well, they actually use connection to as a translator. I think it's I. They use identity, right? They they remove the identity from the gold mind, right? So that so it becomes an so they basically have they have like no identity, and then also it has to be a an investiture mind to give them the ability to draw to well. Tap, not tap, but the other thing. Fill up steel so that it can become less weightful. So, okay. or, or whatever, brass and or brass for warmth or whatever. That so, what, so basically, they need they need identity to be removed, and then they need an investiture mind, and then they need whatever. Actually, no, the the identity being removed is just part of the crafting process. It doesn't actually have to be the identity metal. Like I think the ring could actually have like warmth and weight or connection and weight. So my point is that for for the Cosmere and the way Investiture works, connection and identity are probably the most important things. They are they are fundamental properties of every magic system in the Cosmere, and Dalinar can mess with one of those fundamental properties as part of his power set. Yeah. Anyway, so continuing on, um, lunch. Oh, yeah, that yeah. sounds good. I I could eat. You guys hungry? All right. So Anything else Nav- for this week's chapters? Navani and Fen are preparing Dalinar's visit to the Aegis. Uh, so, you know, he, he has like a... Oh, man. Aegis. Listeners, just to pace, he means Aegis. When he's walking towards the Oathgate, where he'll, he'll be going to the Aegis. Nope. Aegis. <laughs> oh nope, I still God. didn't get it. You're making it worse. <laughs> I can't say it anymore. Aegis. Anymore! What? Uh, yes. Is that not correct? Anyway, um, while he's no, going to you say that anymore correctly. Never mind. All right, Craig, uh, and say a zoo, a zoo, a zish, a zish. There you go. Hey, we got that. A-zish. Oh god. Nope, you lost A-zish. it. He, he did it on purpose that time. <laughs> no, I, really, <laughs> I really tried. Uh, oh, man. Okay, okay. Look, Sadius's and Aladar's troops are fighting each other. Because uh, they're just angry, and I mean it's Sadius's troops. Um, so they they fight. They're like 
it's not just a practice. You can tell it's getting out of hand. And Dalinar's like, stop. And he he clues people to the ground because he can do that. That's why his power uh, abilities. Smith. Bond Smith. He's Bond Smithing to the ground. And that's it. And then there's some chatting with Yasna. The end. All right. Got anything for spoilers? Yeah. Um, do we have time for spoilers? I had uh, I, I had at least one question for Dave. Oh, what question you have and for Dave? Spoilers? No, not in uh, spoilers. Spoiler for time. Dave. Play the thing. Uh, I'll so I'll who, uh, answer your question in three years after I finish Rhythm of War. Who do you think are the Storm Ant and Storm Uncle? Oh. <laughs> uh, and I'll give you a hint. It's not cultivation. Well, wait. Thanks. Stormfather thanks gave that was in the book. Yeah. All right. So That's Storm such a Storm and Storm thing Uncle. of you to say, Mike. You know. And ooh, I'll give you an additional hint. You've seen the names of both of these beings. You know, I I had previously theorized that Nightwatcher was of cultivation, but maybe I'm wrong about that. Is Nightwatcher the Storm Ant? Like, yes. Oh. <gasps> so okay. Although eh, cultivation, I, I, I will say cultivation being... is a shard. It could still be okay. That actually the makes thing sense. To understand, Dave, is that like Sprin and things that exist on Roshar is a mix between honor and cultivation. They both settled this planet, and you know, and Odium. Just, well, Odium came later. Oh, DM. Oh, DM. So, what's the other one? Is it like um, Tattle, the yellow, the yellow <laughs> Sprin? I'm I'm gonna go ahead and give you this one. I'm not telling you what it is. You've seen the name. You maybe didn't recognize it as a name, and you're never going to guess it. Oh, I could have told you that. But I would like to hear you try to guess it. Okay. It's just, just enjoying uh, it. From, like, right, so, yeah, Night Watcher, is it... Um, See, Craig, uh, Craig knows what yeah. it is, and he, he immediately understands exactly what I'm saying to you. Got it. You nailed it. I was wrong. <laughs> yeah, all right. Well done, Dave. Uh, Spell that, and then have Craig say it. <laughs> Dave, Dave he, he's just a sibling of Stormfather. Uh, that's it. Right, it's Storm Uncle. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I think his name's actually Storm Uncle. That's, <laughs> that's the joke. So, Night Watcher is Storm Ant, huh? That sounds like a Mega yeah. Man X boss. Storm Ant. All right, let's get rid of Dave so we can have 10 minutes of spoiler time. Okay, thanks. Oh. Bye. Love you. See you later. Bye, Dave. Bye. Dave's gone. Play the thing. This concludes the spoiler-free section of our podcast. If you are, as I am, reading along for the first time, we recommend that you stop listening now, as the following will contain spoilers for not only this book, but for other Cosmere books as well. There may also be general spoilers from any other source material. Spoilers begin now. Okay, spoiler time. Um, epigraphs, I assume you want to talk about? I want to talk about a lot, um, especially Chapter 64. I have some notes, though. Uh, Epigraphs this week, I don't think there's a lot that I want to discuss, but uh, I have my bullet point list that I can quickly go through. I mean, there's just the general nature of this section's epigraphs and how each gemstone is probably tied to a specific order of Night Radiant, and right. we can likely start so. guessing and putting them together, even though the Copper Mind hasn't done that for us, and I'm so upset about that. Well, we get the so in chapter sixty, it's like I worry about my fellow truth watchers. So whatever gem that is, that's probably the truth watcher. That gem. would be emeralds. Emeralds is that, and windrunners are sapphires. Seriously, no one has comp compiled this information. We could be the not first. that I can find as far as I, like 
I I haven't like dug deep into it, but I've I've clicked around in the copper mine and I can't find anything that's like, yeah, this this gem is this order according to these things. Like I can't do it. Mm. Okay. We we should maybe do that if we have time. I don't have time. But that that is an intriguing thought though. I do like it. Um, um it, the copper mine does say that if the gemstones correspond to order, there are no records made by edge dancers or the one bondsmith spoken of, spoken of in chapter 67's epigraph Malishi. Mm, who was bonded to the sibling as we found out in Rhythm of Wait, yes, Rhythm of Oh, the last the last epigraph of this section actually specifically names sibling with a capital S. Yeah. Like in in this before the interlude? Yeah, chapter 87. Ah. Uh, there's also chapter 68 has the sibling as well, by the way. Yeah. So, yeah, he's, he's going to see it in name. It's just up to him to piece it together. But, but earlier earlier in, the in like, these chapters, um, the Stormfather said, like, no, there's nobody else bonded to my siblings. Yep, yeah, he does say that. Which, which is just Brandon playing with us, really. So Stormfather is pretty much Honor's kid. kid. Uh, Nightwatcher is was created by cultivation and the sibling is a melding of both of them right because tower light is like a mixture of honor and cultivation's investiture yeah okay there you go three yep and odium's like i need nine okay so i do have a couple of boil points if you want me to quick get through them in like 15 minutes i mean that's your time limit so yeah okay so chapter 60 this is talking about the cloud that's hanging over the palace. It's a cloud hung over the palace. A darkness that at first glance seemed like nothing more than trick of the light. But uh, the reason I highlight this is just to clarify what's happening in Kolinar here. We got three unmade. Is that correct? Three of them. We have uh, the Heart of the Rebel, which is yep. hanging out on the teleport pad. We yep. have um, Ja Nat, who is Enlightening Spren, who yep. is just there. Like, isn't actively doing anything except just gathering spread and enlightening them yeah so nothing legitimately sinister there but we also have the one whose name i can never remember who lives in like the purple gym that amaram swallows later and gets all the investiture powers right it was currently eaten by a sudan yes queen a sudan uh is currently has it inside of her but it, it her body is not taking it well so uh something i, I wanted to talk about is is how the the palace guards are acting. I think I have something highlighted for that, but we can talk about it right now. Like, so we know that that weird unmade is currently like controlling the queen, right? Like basically took her over. And his special thing is that he has uh, access to all of the surges. Like that's, that's just what the unmade does. It has access to all. Surges. Probably not the one surge that Odium doesn't have access to, but yeah. Which is adhesion. Right. Because that's apparently pure honor. Pure honor is tape. The most honorable and thing in in the Cosmere is tape. Connection as well, though. Like, that's the whole thing. Nope. Um, Glue. You, you boil a dead horse, you've got honor. That's the most so, honorable thing you can do. But the guards and the way they're acting is very, very weird. Like, it makes sense that she has the ability, but given what we know of the surges, there really isn't anything that affects people. However... If we go over the Scadrial, we totally have something that can sort of but not quite control people. We can soothe and soothe and right emotions, which to me is how I feel like the palace guards are being controlled, right? Like, could that be it? Or is it just some weird connection thing that's happening because they have connection to the queen and she's controlled by an unmade? Honestly, by an unmade. no idea. Um, 
I think so I was trying to think Brandon why just they needed would... just needed like it to not just be the queen. So she got she got spooky guards. I guess I I honestly right. I don't but understand I'm just what's going to think on here. What is what is the mechanic behind it and and why they're just so willing to kill um you know just just kill who are supposed to be messengers and fellow uh Alethi. They just like who cares? So I'm like, hey, soothing and rioting totally would do that thing. I mean, we see a similar thing at the end of this book at the Battle of Thalen City, but that's explicitly that's the thrill. Yes, that is and explicitly the thrill. That's so. Which again is is sort of like a soothing and rioting thing. I think we talked about that before. The thrill is basically pumping up one particular emotion, which is like the bloodlust and dampening everything else. Yeah, but I don't know of a mechanic within this is not Roshar. the thrill, unless the thrill's also here. I don't think I it know. is. No, I, I think it's busy with Sadius, as we saw in, I think, this chapter. Or it might be hanging out in Yakaved on its way to uh, mm, Thalen true. City. I don't know how fast the thrill moves. It's going through the cognitive room, I believe. It's pretty standard one-to-one, but yeah, we don't know how fast. Anyway, let me continue on. I should have done this while... Texas Blade, you got anything oh. for, for this? Cause I also I'm highlighted lost. chapter 60... Um, and, and Texas Blake can type to us, uh, while, if he has any questions or comments, but it, I highlighted Elokar saying, this is why I brought the light weaver. So I remember Shalon is not like, she's acting like she's the same, uh, order as Yasna, which is not light weaving. So why does Elokar know her as a light weaver? Like, um, I know he explicitly showed her and told her, but he's sort of revealing that information to everyone on the team right now. Well, yeah, but she also is telling everyone on the team. Like, she gives them disguises. It's it's on need to know, and they now need to know. Mm-hmm. Shalon's request for Dalinar to keep things quiet was more of a general public thing, not not like, you know, Elokar and the people on this strike team that are going to see me You might use my powers anyway. So you, you don't think it's because he knows that she's a lightweaver, like the name of it, because he's trying to bond a cryptic. Like, so, so what I was getting at, and I think the reason I highlighted it, is this Shalon revealed to him that she can mess with illusions. So he pieced it together that this is what his cryptic is trying to get him to do. It, or I mean, it, or it's entirely told him it's entirely possible, but she did like show him her illusion powers. And yeah. he has a lot of sources of information that don't necessarily need to be his cryptic. Right. Okay. Like it yeah. could be, it, it very much could be his cryptic trying to get information to him, but there are plenty of other ways he could learn all of this. That's that's fine. Um, so now I'm going to jump ahead to chapter 61. Um, this is when Shalon is casting the illusion on Kaladin, and I thought this was pretty good. Um, the quote from the book is, he felt he should be able to take it in, use it, but it resisted him, which Oh, is so very... you're, thinking, you're thinking that her illusions function like metal mines? Well, s- sort of. It's essentially, it's her investiture, uh, which has her identity. It's key to her. And it's it's very similar to like trying to use someone's other uh, metal mine or swallowing a metal mine and trying to burn it and be able to access it. It's like you can see like it's there, but it's not connected to you. So you can't you can't use it. Yeah, that tracks. Good. Good observation. Good catch. So I thought that was interesting. I really got to pull this up ahead in advance. This is really hard to do. Um, I did want to point out the scene with a- Adolin and Kaladin joking with each other. So, you know. Shalon gives him a really ugly face, and she's, throughout this chapter, she's, like, poking fun at him, um, picking on him, but it's not, like, she, I don't know. Cal- okay, from Kaladin's end, she hasn't earned that with him yet. 
right from her end she absolutely has because of the the overnight in the cave in the in the um shattered planes right yeah like yeah. she's she's at that level with him he's not at that level with her but he is at that level with adeline right well yeah i was gonna i was gonna contrast that but i do want to point out that this is sort of the first big interaction we've had between those two characters, Shalon and Kaladin, since Shalon found out that Kaladin was the one to kill her brother. So I feel like there's still a little extra bitterness there. Like, she's willing to blame Amaram. It was Amaram, but... I'm also willing to blame Amaram. Yeah, that's that's fair. <laughs> but there's still a slight, hey, you killed my brother sort of vibe there, and I think she is a little extra mean to Kaladin than she needs to be. Like, yes, she was extreme, with his makeup to try to hide his actual character and the way he is. But I think she went a little too far than she needed to. I and I really think it's just, it's just that like Kaladin isn't there with her yet. Like, I like they're close. Like so he's not a little extra mean to him. They're, they're, they're close to that level. Like he's close to that level with her. So he's not like upset about it, but she's, he's just not at that relationship level with her yet to just like accept, you know, you're being mean to me, but it's funny. But but Adolin, and this is what brings back to your earlier point, I love how chummy he is with Adolin. Like, Adolin and Kaladin are bros. And Adolin can joke in just the right way that he, he, he doesn't make fun of you at your expense. He wants you in on the joke, too. And I mean... The Adolin's the joke so what what we the dialogue we get from them is extremely at Kaladin's expense, which was uh something about my face is ugly. Luckily, the illusion hid that. Yeah. Hey, oh. Yeah. But, but they they could do they. That's what they do. That's what they do. That. And they, I'm they and fun at each other, but it's in a good way. Yeah, and I'm saying that like he and Adolin are at that level. Yeah. Which that came as a result of Adolin foe imprisoning himself. For the month that Kaladin was in real jail, right? Like ever since then, they're they're good. And, yeah, oh, and yeah, immediately believing him about Amaram. Like I just I, I like the dynamic between the two. I'm I'm glad that they have this. Um, That's the difference. That's the difference. All Shalon has to do is immediately agree with Kaladin to, with him with him there that Amaram sucks. I don't <laughs> think she's done that yet. And that that's what would get. That's what would get Kaladin over the hump there. <laughs> okay. Uh, let me continue. Uh, there's also more discussion between Adolin and Kaladin about um, how the the, the parchment are, are fighting and everything. And it, this is another interesting contrast because Kaladin is a sergeant, essentially. He, he commands a group of people, but he doesn't look at the tactics of a giant, like, um, uh, of a battleground or anything. Like, he... Specifically, and this comes up so many times. It's been coming up since Way of Kings, where he will do what's best for his people, but he doesn't realize how that could affect the entire course of the battle or the other uh, units that happen to be there. Now, again, I think it's within reason sometimes, like when he was trying to protect his fellow Bridge 4 uh, members, like way back when, and he got yelled at because other Bridge crew members were were destroyed because of him saving his own group. But in this instance, at least in this chapter, it's a little bit better. Kaladin doesn't fully understand the tactics. Like he feels like the, uh, the, the fuse come in and they're making a strike. Now we got to protect everybody. And Adolis is like, just calm down. They're just testing the defenses. They're going to be gone in a moment. And because Adolin understands he trained with his father 
um, and of course with other generals, like he understands overall tactics of a battle. Kaladin is good with just his. And we get I thought that was neat. We get Adolin here explaining something that Dalinar said offhandedly that didn't get an explanation several chapters ago of Shardbearers can't hold ground. Mm, yeah, yeah, it's true. So, All right, shall I move on? I mean, you got like two minutes left according to your own clock. I'm going fast. Uh, chapter 62. Um, that might not is, be fast enough. You know, I'm, I'm try- I have so much I want to talk about chapter 64. I'm going to try to be fast. That That's the biggest one because there's a conversation with Stormfather. Chapter 62 is uh fen i believe no sorry not fen it's the thalen uh taylor talking to the group and just her terminology here i will quote it she says i've had passion for something to happen true but finally i mean so something that is like in thalen they talk about the passions and yes in in this case her terminology is i've had passion sort of thing and as we know odium considers himself to be passion the intent Um, yeah the the two, I don't really want to call it a religion, but the closest analog is it's a religion, um, is there's Voronism and there's the Passions. The Thalans kind of do both, yep. which makes the other Vorans consider them semi-heathen. Okay, yep, yep. But, so from what we know, we're going to find out at the end of this book, is that uh, humans don't even come from Roshar. They, they come from Ashen, right? I believe that's it. Yeah. And... From what I know, Odium was the one who sort of carried the humans with him, or at least he had he he was with them first at at Ashen before he finally came over to Roshar proper. Um, yeah. So the humans brought Odium with him because he, he, I guess that's what needs to be done. And then they did this weird thing where Odium easily bonded with the Parshmen, so the singers, and Honor and Cultivation really liked the cut of the humans' jib. And decide to help them out. So it's really weird how they did this weird swap thing going on. Um, but the reason I bring that up is because I think Thalen, like, I guess somewhere in their history, they know that part of their religion stems from they were with Odium originally. Like, passion was a thing that they had. So if, it sort of makes sense as like a proto-religion sort of thing. If I could make a guess here, we don't have much evidence on this. But I would guess that Odium swapped to the listeners because the bonds were easier to form. You just put a spren in the gem heart and bond made. Whereas with humans, no gem heart, so you have to form an actual connection, and that's way harder. Singers. It is singers. Not not. Sorry, listeners. the singers. You're right. Listeners are the offshoots, yeah. I'm trying to get it right every time. It's hard, yeah. Um, anyway, um, yes. I, if I had to guess, I would say that would be that would be why. And then honor and cultivation suddenly don't have anybody to form bonds with. So they're like, well, human. well, there's these these things, these these however, shellless crab people. However, the heralds are human. So yeah, this is this is all like well before the oath pact was formed. Yeah. Okay. Um. There's also the t- this this other thing that Shalon, uh, while she's looking at the different spren, she man she manages to get a glimpse of hunger spren, but they don't look any different, which is very interesting because no, I thought she I, saw I thought she saw some that looked different, like. She managed to glimpse some hunger sprint around a refugee on their way. Oddly, these didn't look any different. Why? That's that's the quote. Okay. What was I, the I what was the spread that was like sprint? hands, but she saw some that were like lizard hands instead of regular hands? The, those are pain sprint. Okay. Yeah. The, those were the pain sprint. Um hunger sprint, I guess, looked different, so or that looked the same, which which is interesting. So 
it's weird that Saja not so we know that she's enlightening the sprint that are there, but is she picky choosy as to which ones they are? Also, thinking about what actually is happening there when she's enlightening Spren and how they look different in the physical realm. Keep in mind what we see in the physical realm is like a piece of the Spren from the cognitive realm, like slipping into the physical realm. Like uh, there's one, I think it's anticipation Spren maybe or something with whatever it looks like a tongue. It's a tongue of an animal. And it like slips in. It's like, it's that that's what it is. Um, so what is Saja not really doing? She's basically changing what Sprint actually look like in the cognitive realm. Yeah. To like enlighten them. Yeah. I, I don't know why. Like, I don't, I don't know what her purpose is here. Maybe, maybe building up her own, like personally loyal army of Sprint to fight back against Odium. Enlightening Sprint is just what she does. Um, I don't know why I highlighted this one. Normally, they took the shape of falling red and white flower petals. These were like pieces of broken glass. It's it's one of the sprint that is enlightened. It looks different. Uh, yeah, that's the shame sprint. Mm, yeah, yeah. When um, uh, when Shalon flashes Al- Adolin and Dreamy Kaladin, and probably yeah. the Taylor. Sure. Um. So now I'm in chapter sixty three. We already talked about it. Um. I had a quote talking about how the guards, they were alive, they were human, they would cough, they would shift position, but they also felt very wrong. And this is sort of goes into our discussion. Why uh, were they how they were, which is really weird. So finally, I want to get into chapter 64. I have I'm giving myself five minutes here. I have a lot of no, I mean, you're I already notes. you're already four minutes over. So I so I want to I want to point out some juicy tidbits that the Stormfather had given us. First, juice one about, me up. Yes, do it. Yezrian. Uh, so before Windrunners, he was Yezrian, a man whose powers bore no name. They were simply him. The Windrunners were named only after Ishar founded the Order. So that gives us a few things. One, I have so many questions about this. Like he says the powers bore no name. So, so, okay, let, let me see if I can try to get this right in my head. We know the Spren and the Knight's Radiant are sort of what codified the abilities of the knight's radiant that we have like the fact that every order has two surges available to them like that's that's all sprint and and then the Halbon and knight radiant stuff when the humans and the heralds because uh, they're human and they came from uh ashen so when the oath pack was formed like they from what i know like they didn't have sprint but they had access to investiture and as far as i know i think they had access to the surges themselves but it sounded like it, it it wasn't held in check. Like, I think we were told that the sprint helped to hold those things in check so it doesn't corrupt or do whatever it is that that would happen if you have access to the surges without a sprint, right? Right. So, like, okay. a skybreaker can't go around dividing continents and flying around because they but, have a sprint to tell them you can only do that if you're punishing guilty people. But the problem is on Ashen, that was sort of what was happening. The yeah. powers were not held in check, and and I mean ba- they basically destroyed Ashen. I mean I think there's still some people there, but uh, yeah, Ashen is the future future story disease power place. Yeah, they have disease power. Which, in case you guys don't know, uh, the the idea behind this is that you get diseases, but you also have powers by having certain diseases. So people would go around spreading certain diseases that uh, obviously aren't lethal. Uh, so that way they can have access to powers while they're sick. Yeah, um, it's anyway. it's a planned future short story thing that Brandon wants to do called, yeah, I want to so, say The Silence Above, because you get 
a disease that makes you deaf and you can float. So they live in a floating city. So, and the villain, um, the villain is penicillin or something like that. Are, are you making this stuff up? No, this was all from some stuff I read off the Coppermine forever ago. So I could yeah. be making some of it up. I did hear, like, he read, like, a chapter before when I saw him in person years ago. Um, So I have heard at least the, the setup for it, but I didn't know about, like, the reason. Um, But, yeah, so, it, again, the quote talks about a man whose powers bore no name. So I'm sort of curious, like, did he just only strictly use the two surges, which is what Windrunners ended up doing themselves? Or did he have access to more powers at the time, which he might have uh, when he first became a herald? And secondly, no, I I think what the Stormfather was saying there was just like we didn't have a name for it. We didn't have Windrunners. We had Yezrian, and then when the Rin, Windrunners were formed, they started Yezrianing. <laughs> right. Okay. And then and then we decided, you know what? That's hard to say. Windrunner. Okay. Um. But the second thing, of course, points out that Ishar is the one who founded the Night Orders. I'm going to point out Ishar so much, especially since we've had the talk. I think we're on the same page here. Ishar is yeah. up to no good. He's up to something. We don't He's like him. He's up to something. We don't know him. We don't like him. We don't trust him. Yeah. So, um, Ishar, he was the one who found the Nunite Radiant Orders, which is very interesting. Like, he's the one. I He's the one who formed the Oath Pack. Like, he was the one who formulated it, I should say. Ooh. Uh, I have I have a point here that I think might, might undermine a little bit of this. The Stormfather didn't actually, like, he wasn't the Stormfather that he is now at that point. Yeah. So anything he says about, like, before the death of honor isn't necessarily 100% accurate truth. It comes from memories of honor. That's that's where it would come from. So, you, you like you're saying, it could be slightly wrong. But I, I don't think he, he's wrong in this instance, though. Just As, just saying that we need we need to take anything that the Stormfather says that took place before honor died with a grain um, of salt. Because it but, isn't necessarily absolute truth. The, the, this chapter is Binder of Gods. Uh, as we know, it was the Bondsmith power of con like the ability to do stuff with connection to actually form the Oath Pack in the first place, because you need to do something with connection in order to hold a shard in this system. So I think it's within reason, and, and that's sort of the point. But Ishar finding the Night Radiant Orders, it sounds like if he would do something like that, that means he did something to either create the Nahal Bond, because again, that's a connection thing. Uh, the sprint are being connected to the radiance. So what? So what I'm saying is, when when the quote says Ishar founded the orders, I'm saying there's more to that sentence than oh he was the one who created the the names and and stuff for the Night Radiant Order. I'm saying Night Radiance didn't pop up until Ishar did whatever he did to make Spren be more interested in bonding to humans. Okay, I'm seeing a couple of ways this can go. Either. Okay. Uh, he did something to change both humans and Spren to allow them to bond, where previously that was only possible mm -hmm. through a gem heart. Okay. Or uh, he enlightened Wind Spren to make Honor Spren. He created. So he like, created new Spren. Like the, the ten, the ten types of of bonding Spren. Yeah. In in a we, similar way to what Sha Not is doing. I, I think we've had talk before from I think Sill. Uh, I want to say where that she mentioned, or, or it might have been one of the other Spren. I, I well, apologize. Sill was made by the Stormfather, but That's like true. he could have well, made the first rounds of them with help from Honor. No, no, no. Well, what I was saying is, um, someone has said the point before where they were originally trying to bond with the the singers, 
um, which was difficult because, you know, they have to be captured by a gem heart. And they found it much easier to start forming bonds with humans. And I think that when that was described to us, that is essentially what's here, which is saying Ishar founded the orders because something happened, like like basically what we were just saying. But again, this is just sort of a guess. This is not we don't know. All right. Okay, Are you done quote, or is, he is I mean, now, your time is super over. I know. Uh, Ishar. Uh, let's talk about Ishar. He is now as mad as the rest. More, perhaps. And yeah, Ishar Cuckoo, right? Like Disagree. He's, he's... Ishar fully in charge of his own of his own cognitive abilities well, and okay. has gone over to Team Evil. Let, let me correct what I'm saying. Like, he's met. So something has happened to each of the heralds. Like, the fact that they live forever and were, of course, tortured. Like, it has broken something. But in different ways, like Nail is I am the law, like ridiculously lawful only. Um, Ishar went a different path. Like when it says he's mad, uh, I take that to mean like something is just broken in his head. He's he's doing something different. In this case, maybe it's because of the death of honor that he feels like he needs to replace himself. He, he already made himself the god priest. I, I think his path is that he thinks he's the one who's going to reform honor. Actually, sorry, I'm remembering something from Rhythm of War. Wasn't there like he he had like basically two different personas that we saw? Mm -hmm. Yes. Like one seemed actually together and the other one seemed like raving lunatic. Yep. Yeah, that's exactly what I had. And that's what I'm saying. Like, we already know he he has has flipped his lid. Most of the time that you talk to him and see him, he's delusional. Like that that that's what I'm saying, and I think that's what the Stormfather here is saying as well. When he said he's more perhaps even more so than the others. Like keep in mind what the Stormfather has been seeing of him, aside from the the civil well not civil war, but the war that's constantly happening, is that I think by this point, uh Ishar has been experimenting with dragging Sprint into the physical realm. Like Stormfather sees this, I'm sure he hates it. Absolutely. So, yeah, he would consider Ishar to be quite mad. because. But he's not going to tell Dalinar anything about that as, no, like, a no. warning? Of course or not. Or providing literally any useful information? Of course Mike, not. Mike, don't be silly. No. Um, yeah, so uh, Ishar right. is absolutely up to something. His, his, his psycho self, like, there's a plan here, and maybe it's ultimately to try to, like, take up Honor Shard, for all I know. But it's going about it the wrong way. He, like you said, he's basically joined Team Evil. Um, He's not willing to work with any of the Knights Radiance or anybody else. He's doing weird experiments with Sprin. It's just, it is bad. And there's been signs all over the place that it is bad. All right, for your own benefit, I'm going to call the end of the stream. Wait, Go put a baby to bed. Go put a baby to bed. She's fine. He, oh, this is about Ishar. I need to talk about Ishar. Another quote. No, we need to talk about Bruno. He seeks death. His own, perhaps that of every man. Like, this is what Stormfather sees Ishar seeking, is death for everybody, which is really weird. Um, And then, continuing, he is insane. Do not look for meaning in his actions. And then, of course, it's the, when are you thinking of telling me about this? It's like, when you asked, when else? Um, And then, one more, which is, again, we already talked about this. Yours is the power Ishar once held. He was the Herald of Luck. They also called him the Binder of Gods. He was the founder of the Oath Pack. Again, using connection to be able to do that. And I think done. Oh, one more thing that the Stormfather says. This is talking about 
uh, the bridge four, which is they can't draw in light and become radiant. They first most must be approaching radiance, capital R, and look for light to fulfill the promise, which I think it just means they have to, in spirit they, of the oaths. They have right? to either be close to forming a bond or um, be a be a squire. Like, And, and they are squires, but they, they're trying to suck in light and then hope they become a knight radiant. When really your actions have to be those that are similar to a, a certain ideal for the Knights Radiant, and then you could be that. It's, it's, it, I think it's the same reason that Spren were looking into like Shallan and Calden before. It's because their actions were very similar to those that would be in the Knight Radiant order that they become, and drew them to them. Like like Syl always felt like she had that connection to Calden essentially when when she started manifesting herself in the physical realm. And it's just because of their actions. So you can't you can't force becoming a Knight Radiant. You have to be on the path, and then you can start using light. What that means. I am done. Okay. Bye, everybody. Bye, Internet. This has been the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at, at CosmereCast, or like us on Facebook. Our theme music is Traveling Made Up Continents by Gillicuddy, used with permission. Hear more from him at the Free Music Archive. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.